I want to thank all of our listeners for several years of dedicated and loyal listening throughout the Halo Talks 400 podcast completed to date. We're going to 1,000 by 2024. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have you go to iTunes for us, fill out a review so we can keep this podcast rolling globally. We are now on Chartable's top lists and moving up the charts. Also, if you want to educate yourself in the new year, please go to thehaloacademy.com. Take a look at what we've done with 150 executives in the Halo sector to get them smarter, get them prepared for capital raises, and also more winning. Thanks. Have a great season. Let's go. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having a 17-year friend, John Klein, Pause Studios. We're going to talk about workout recovery. We're going to talk about growth, and we're going to talk about the power of the people in the franchisor. John, welcome to your first Halo Talks. Pete, great to reconnect with you, and I'm excited to talk with you and share our story. Awesome. Um, so you just launched the, uh, the FDD and are bringing on uh, multi-unit operators, which is a, a great trajectory. Why don't you talk first about you know your experience in the health club space, your focus on real estate, how important that is, and that seems to never change in any good business. You know, location, 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 and how all that kind of gives you the right to be a franchisor and basically say, "Look, I got a playbook. I'm going to help you get the right location, and then we're going to roll." Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit of background on myself, as as you know, the story, been in the health wellness space for almost two and a half decades, started my career at TSI in the late 90s as the director of development and acquisitions there and helped scale that company from 30 units to 130 units up and down the eastern seaboard and then moved over to Equinox, um, ultimately became the SVP of real estate there joined at 10 units in 2001 and helped scale that company to 100 plus units. Um, before I left along the way, we acquired SoulCycle with I believe six units at the time and scaled that to 95 plus. So most of my career has been around growth, strategic planning, running real estate teams, running that process, design, development, construction and smartly scaling businesses. You know, why that's, how that translates to, you know, pause is we've selected five amazing corporate locations in Los Angeles. Three are open, two more will open in the next six to 12 months in, you know, the where markets where there are already equinoxes or Barry's or Souls or OTF. So, already proven trade areas, just kind of pulling out the Equinox or SoulCycle playbook for the corporate locations. But now that we've launched the franchise model, I have the playbook, my team has the playbook in you know all the major markets for a given franchisee, let's say in you know Dallas, Texas or Austin. We've done the research, we know the demographics, we know the psychographics, we know you know where the comp set is, whether it's Equinox or Whole Foods or SoulCycle or Barry's or OTF. So we we know the strong zone there and we have the team and players to execute on that. We have local brokers in the ground that will ultimately connect um, our franchisees with, will help them select, you know, the best trade area, the best real estate in that given trade area. 
you know, you know, when you look at real estate selection for, you know, whether it's LA Fitness historically or whether it's what you did at Equinox um, and at TSI prior, the location, no one's ever said to me, you know, I got this shitty location next to a Whole Foods or next to a Trader Joe's or right off the 405, you know, with, with signage. So, you know, obviously some of that you, you can get out of a Buxton report or you can get out of some of these softwares, but take a minute and just kind of educate us on on maybe some of the nuances of, of how, you know, your brain has either been able to optimize that or, you know, like you're you're looking at the data, but the data is not telling me what the next development is, or there's a thousand new apartments going up here, or there's new traffic flows, or what are some of the things that maybe people don't think about that you think about? Sure. I mean, there we always said, you know, back in my days at Equinox, there's the 50% is art and 50% is science. Sometimes it's 70, 30 or 30, 70, but there is the art and the science, and there's the empirical data with the, which are the demographics and the psychographics, but then there's the anecdotal data, traffic patterns, future development, you know, um, pent up growth in a market with future units or office being offices being built, you know, psychological barriers. I remember when we were in the early days back in 03, I'm throwing it way back. Um, yeah. we were, uh, very interested in opening up a site for Equinox in Santa Monica, and we had a site presented to pre presented to us right off the Third Street Promenade. But some of the feedback was only tourists go there. Well, we did a lot of analytics and ultimately did a phone survey with a hundred local uh, residents who live in that trade area, and the majority said, despite that being true, that the promenade is largely tourist, we would go to that location, assuming parking was good, visibility was good, access, ingress and egress was good. So we ultimately pulled the trigger on that location, opened it up, and it's, you know, that was a home run. Um, so you, you got to do your due diligence. So you, you, the, the, the empirical data, the, the demographic research is kind of the divining rod to get you into a certain trade area, but then you really have to you know, speak to the local residents, potentially do, you know, market surveys to really hone in and make sure you're making a smart real estate selection. Yeah. So when you take a look at, you know, when you started pause and we talked about it at, at its inception, you know, you were doing a lot of float tanks and you were testing out some new technologies. So to the entrepreneur out here that wants to set up a company and, you know, launch in 90 days, um, you know, you've been very methodical, taking years to kind of figure out, okay, what's the modalities, what's the unit economics, what's the pricing model, um, and now you're basically allowing other people to use your playbook, which might be called Pause, but it's really called John Klein. You know, to your first 50 franchisees, right? Or like, there's a personal connection, so you want to make sure that they're successful, and that'll in turn turn you to be successful. So, talk about maybe some starts and stops, or you know, when you said to yourself. Hey, look, I know I got a great model. I know I'm in the right area and there's a lot of growth, but I, I don't have the special sauce kind of figured out yet. And now fast forward and I like, I'm ready. Yeah, that's a great question. So we we launched in 2016 and actually the name of the company, the brand at the time was Pause Float Studio. It was a float centric business. We had one or two infrared saunas and then being the curious, smart business operators that we are, we always kept our ears and eyes to the ground for new modalities that might resonate with our clientele, our constituents. And we created the 
the space with flexibility where we could pull in uh, or pull out certain machines. So we had a lot of learnings from 2016 until opening up our second studio in 2021, April 2021, which is a whole separate story. And we learned and we studied and we spoke to our, our members and we looked outside what others were doing and ultimately came up with a incredibly successful model that has six different service modalities. So six different revenue levers, think about it that way you can pull on, plus retail. So the new model going forward, the units that we're opening up today, both corporately here in Los Angeles and the franchise template will have flotation therapy, infrared saunas, cold plunges in the same room where the only you know, nationally expanding uh, studio right now that has dedicated contrast therapy rooms, which is moving between hot and cold in the same session. Uh, Norma Tech, which people have, as you know, your favorite modality. Uh, we have nurses on staff to do um, vitamin, I, vitamin IVs and intra, intramuscular um, injections. And we're going to expand that to more elaborate services um, over time and cryotherapy plus retail. We have about a hundred SKUs on our shelves, all products that align with our services, that align with our overall initiatives of solving for stress, sleep, anxiety, athletic recovery, detoxification, immunity optimization, which is more relevant than ever right now with COVID. Our IV business is a tremendous business. A lot of people are getting our specific immunity IV um, to just make sure that their immune system is strong as possible on a daily basis, should they encounter any, you know, sort of foreign substance coming, coming their way. So yeah, it took a while, but we honed it, we blocked it in our, our business locally here in Los Angeles is thriving, um, you know, on a four wall kind of brick and mortar business, it's, it's really doing exceptionally well, which is why we've been able to raise, you know, almost 5 million bucks in the last 15 months and grow and scale here corporately. And we started launching franchise three weeks ago and the number of territory track checks and the number of candidates already coming through our pipeline our kind of our lead pipeline that we were using with Repum, who is our, our growth agency, if you will, is off the charts. The demand is huge. That's great. You know, when you take a look at someone who, is assessing different types of franchises. Maybe they're not, you know, wed to to workout recovery, um, but they're just trying to find a franchise platform. You know, what would you say besides you know your background on the real estate side, the fact that you have several corporate units? Um, what else would you say is look? This is why you should select us as, as your partner. Yeah, great question. So. You know, in another, in other words, what is our moat? What is our differentiator? We get that question all the time from investors and you know people who are interested in learning more about our business. You have a management team in place. The you know myself and my partner Jeff Ono, who was at Sports Club LA for 15 years, and I got to know him after Equinox acquired that brand, and he came as our regional uh, director of marketing. So he and I collectively have almost 40 years of management experience. We just hired a senior director of operations. She came from OTF Canada uh, with 10 years of experience. So we, we Who's have a, that? Uh, her name is Alicia Alepsky. Um, so she's our okay. senior 
director of operations right now, tremendous experience in the franchise world, uh, also on the corporate side. So that's 50 years of management experience, specifically in health, wellness, brick and mortar studio. Our special sauce is, you know, blending these services, which is complicated to offer under one roof in a branded experiential fashion. There are other operators out there who are have competitive services to us who are, you know, kind of in the lower, you know, brand category, if you will, and don't really focus on the customer experience, don't really focus on experiential service. So what do I mean by that? When you come to pause, obviously there's a protocol, meet and greet, get somebody through into this, into the studio and into their service. When they, they're there, and that is a qualified, you know, what we call kind of health optimization professional who knows the science behind this, this, the, the services, why you should do it. We do extensive training on the science behind our modalities. The facility is beautiful. We work with, you know, cutting edge architects for, for, for our design, which is not just making it pretty, but making it experiential from a lighting perspective, a sound perspective, a smell perspective. Um, it starts with that when you first walk in. We, when you're showering in our showers, you're using Lelabo products, which is our, our premium, um, you know, hair care, skincare product that is hard to find in any other, you know, brick and mortar facility. You're drying your body off with parachute towels. You're getting served tea. Every, every uh, member or client who finishes the service is offered complimentary Rishi tea, which is high-end organic tea. You're refreshing with a eucalyptus, you know, towel, uh, a la Equinox. So mm -hmm. all these touch points add up to value, extreme value. And our price point is very fair because we have six different levers we could pull on. So we don't have to be the most expensive offering in town. We can be very competitive, but you feel like you're walking out of or walking into a you know, a, a Mandarin type of um, spa experience. So I would say management team and the experiential offering that we have are really our two big brand differentiators. Yeah, that's great. You know, when you take a look at the health club operators who have potentially seen, you know, group exercise go into their own, um, you know, trip centers, and, and maybe they could have done that, or they could have been, the Orange Theory franchisee in their area, um, let's say, or, you know, some groups that are high end maybe could have said, hey, I could also have gotten a blink or I could have gotten a plan and I could basically like own the market here on different modalities that are maybe now starting to get their own, you know, and, and should have their own entrance and should have their own experience because you can't just put this inside of a New York sports clubs or inside of a, yeah. you know, a HBLP 2.0. So do you think maybe based on health club operators or, you know, multi-unit operators seeing, okay, there's trends that kind of come and go and they kind of look similar, but they're different um, mm -hmm. that maybe some of the health club operators or some of the multi-unit, you know, orange theory groups or multi-unit massage envy or what, you know, those say, Hey, look, why don't I go and get this? Because I'm basically going to do co-op marketing to the same member. And I already know what that member wants. Now I just got to give them a place to, to actually come to. Do you, yeah. do you see that as a trend? Yeah. I mean, we, we, the, the lead, the candidates that are coming through 
the early candidates that are coming into our process now are exactly what you said. Multi-unit owners, they, they, they are own a franchise business already. Many of them are in the health wellness space, not necessarily fitness. Some of them are. They have the management infrastructure to design, develop, launch, operate, finance um, a business like Pause. And we're not competitive with whether it's Massage Envy or Hand in Stone or OTF or Blink. The list goes on and on. We are, there's zero competitive nature there. We're 100% complimentary. And I know after having multiple conversations with some of the biggest OTF um, operators out there and expo operators out there today, they see this as the next big movement and they, yep. they want it in their portfolio. They see it as 100% synergistic and their members are asking for it. Got it. One of the things I just want to state, and then you can comment on it, because uh, I think people need to think about franchising fees differently than they maybe had in the past. Um, you know, a royalty that you're paying, if it's six, seven or eight percent of revenue, you know, someone might say, oh, that's that's a lot of money. I'm doing a million dollars and paying them 70, 80 grand. It's like, well, you're basically renting a corporate overhead of the personnel that you just mentioned from Equinox, from Sports Club LA, from the one of the largest Orange Theory, you know, operators, you're basically allowing yourself to access that type of talent. So you really have a corporate overhead that you're that you're leasing for six percent. Um because I want people to think about that differently as yeah. not, well, this is what the cost of operation is. Like, no, this is actually a, a, a rental dream on a 10-year corporate overhead that's going to continue to grow. And they're waking up every day not thinking about their five corporate locations, but 50, you know, a hundred, you know, 250, whatever it is. And that's really where the, the differentiation and, and an additional moat kind of comes into play when there's an ad fund, there's development, there's innovation, there's, you know, yep. research and studies. So as you think about the corporate overheads that you were a part of in the past and, and what you're building now, maybe just kind of, you know, add on to that, that commentary of, you know, answering that question of what do I get? Yeah, you're, you're, you're getting, the core team, which is ever and rapidly expanding, it needs to expand very quickly to support our franchisees. And as you know, the first phase to get opening is real estate design development. And then there's, you know, the opening and sales and marketing and then the ongoing operations. So um, we recognize those different categories of the business and we have a very thoughtful, detailed um, master plan, if you will, Excel spreadsheet and a hiring schedule to satisfy that demand as we start to sell our first units here in the next 60 to 90 days. And then we get into the real estate phase and then each one of the successive phases. Like I said, we just closed a, a $3 million round. A third of that specifically went to the franchise entity. So we're well capitalized, relatively speaking. You know, there are some out there that are much bigger and stronger and a little bit farther ahead of us, but average of averages for a, a new business that's franchising to have, you know, that kind of cash on hand to support the team. And, you know, the beauty about having three, soon to be five, very, very successful cash flow positive corporate units is there that cash flow is going to pay for infrastructure costs to scale our franchise business. Let me be clear. We are gonna have a handful of 
corporate owned units like most companies do, which is where you do your R&D and you do your testing, which we're in the middle of doing on a lot of different you know, new modalities and touch points and product. We're about to get into the product space as well, which we can touch on. But we have the cash, we have the team, we have cash flow, a lot of it from our existing units coming in on a monthly basis to fuel and fund the franchise business. And we are going to be a franchisor. You know, that is the that is the space we're playing in going forward. That's great. That's great. We'll have everything up in the uh, in the show notes and uh how to contact you and your franchising team. Um, you know, in closing here, you got any good uh, business quotes or personal quotes or, you know, dipping into your entrepreneurial uh, uh, war I have, chest? I have two. One, one you've probably heard before that I, you know, I, I borrowed from one of the best soul cycle instructors, um, uh, Angela Manuel Davis. Um, and, and I know you've taken your share of soul cycle class and I have over the years, on the other side of challenge is change. And that, that is one that really, really resonates me. Um, mm -hmm. And the other one that kind of goes hand in hand, which I used to use with a former colleague, still a very good friend of mine at Equinox is nothing good comes easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when, when a deal was too much of a layup or a landlord was kind of just rolling out the red carpet, you know, we were always red flags went up <laughs> and when you worked on a deal that had stops and starts and you went backwards three steps and then forward one step and took forever to ultimately get done those were the clubs that outperformed um so on the other side of challenges change and that can apply to your personal life as well as your business life um <laughs> as and you know nothing good comes easy and i think you'll agree with that one <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Well, great perseverance and 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 hitting the market. You know when you did. Um, you know, learning the business beforehand. You know, there's really no, there's no, you know, there's no analogy to actually doing the work. You can't just get into this business now and think you're going to learn what you've learned over the last five years and turn that into a successful franchise. So, I'll see you in person. And uh, everybody, uh, check out Pause. And we are at uh, location five, so we'll do a check-in in 18 months, and uh, we will make it a uh, make the 500th podcast. And we'll see how many stories you're up to then. <laughs> Look forward to it. Thanks, Pete.